Welcome, everybody, to Second Star to the Right, a Neverland adventure where a group of five adventurers from this world and beyond are drawn to the mysterious island of Neverland in a race against time to recover a fallen star. Uh, it's so awesome to be back because, as you guys know, uh, two weeks ago we took a little break because our DM Joe over here was DMing a wedding, which I hear went very well. Everyone passed their death saves, so congratulations you know, to that because it would have been awkward otherwise. But uh, he's back, so we're back in Neverland with our normal crew and a special guest that Joe will introduce in a moment. So excited to have you guys here. Thank you so much. We're going to knock out some quick business and then dive into it. As you know, this show is brought to you by several fantastic sponsors and our title sponsor, our good friends, our, our, our partners, if you will, in creativity, uh, the team over at Demiplane. Demiplane is a fantastic resource for tabletop gaming remotely, which we've all been doing a lot of, right? But not just any game, not just D&D, not just Pathfinder, not just Cthulhu or whatever game you're into, all the games. You can go and find anyone to play any game that you want. You can DM a game. You can get paid to DM a game if that's your thing. But what's really cool is when you sign up, they have this awesome algorithm that will like answer questions like you're on a dating site or something. Are dating sites still a thing? I've been married for a while. I don't even know. Does everybody use apps now? I feel so old. Anyway, you do an algorithm and it tells you like, oh, do you like role play? Do you like combat? Do you like puzzles? And it will match you with people with a play style like yours, among many other awesome tools to make your game fantastic. So go to Demiplane.com, follow them at Demiplane RPG, watch their fantastic show with their friends, the Heroes of the Plains on Tuesday nights at twitch.tv slash Demiplane RPG. Uh, we love them. They're fantastic. Thank you for making this show happen. Speaking of people who make this show happen, that's called a segue. If you go to patreon.com slash second star show, you can also help make this show happen. And when you do that, you get access to cool bonus content like our Beyond Neverland after show and uh, Shifra's Adventure Journal, an in-game, in-character journal of our escapades, Joe's DM chats and DM notes. I think he had a great call with our, our Patreon supporters the other day talking about all sorts of DM tips and inside info on the game. Um, and you can do all that, patreon.com slash second star show. And you can join awesome people like Riley and Josh, who just recently supported the show. Thank you guys so much. And you can join our Discord where we hang out and have fun. I think it's a good time. So check it out. Thank you guys for your ongoing support to make this show happen, to help uh, help us pay the cast and the crew and make this a fun time. So you people are why we do this. Thank you very much. And now, very glad to have him back in the DM seat and the DM screen square. I don't know what side of me you're on on the overlay. But Joe, take it away. Glad to be back. <clears throat> I want to give a quick shout out to our other sponsors for the show as well. Laser Wolf Attack, one of our gold sponsors, comes from the creative mind of Andrew McLean. Uh, if you go on their website now, laserwolfattack.com, you can pre-order Headlopper Volume 4. You know I already got my pre-order in. You can pick up a cool shirt like this Frankenstein-inspired one with our discount. Andrew's got one on too. Our discount code, Second Star gets you a discount at checkout. They have puzzles now too. Uh, I think there's some new apparel, uh, Apocalyptic Girl hardcover, a lot of great stuff. A great team of people over at Laser Tag Wolf. They're super kind supporting our show. Uh, another gold sponsor, Black Oak Workshop, who I know you're all familiar with because we keep giving out dice like nobody's business. And we're not going to stop that dice giveaway train because we have more to give away. Two sets of Black Oak Workshop dice given away during today's show. Stick around for the break. Halfway through the session, we'll give the details on what you need to do to get your own set of Black Oak Workshop dice in your hands. 
You can go on their website as well, blackoakworkshop.com. Pick up your own set from their variety of options. There's so much cool loot. Go check them out. Uh, also, quick shout out to First Aid Comics in Chicago. If you pay attention to our social media this coming week, we will be giving away these miniatures that First Aid Comics hooked us up with. They are icons of the realm made by WizKids Boneyard Miniature Orc Set. These are orcs as skeletons that will be given away on social media. So thank you, First Aid, for being a sponsor and helping us hook you guys up with sweet loot. Lastly, before we jump in, a super, super, super big thank you to our guest player on the screen with us now, Jasmine Boulard. Thank you so much for being here. She will be playing the role as Queen Mab, who will get into everything about Mab as the session starts. Super stoked. Thank you again, Jasmine, for being here. And I think without further ado, join us on an adventure to Neverland. session three our adventuring party finally made it to the top of a hill at the base of neverland from the top of the hill as night fell a star fell with the sky a giant bird crushed the star into five pieces a red wizard flew from the island as shifra transformed into a constellation bird to bring the red wizard to the ground as the party watched in awe as their companion fell, the red wizard fell, and the star fell scattered across the island of Neverland. Entering Queen Mab as the star falls around the island, Queen Mab introduces herself to the party as the queen of Neverland and other realms inviting them back with her through a portal that she walked out of from on top of the hill. The group, somewhat reluctant, managed to recover Shifra as well from her fall as one by one we entered the portal following Mab. We start today's session. All of you 
are sitting down after entering the portal with Mab. You're in a room. All of you are looking at walls, but you're all in the same room on these elevated chairs um, with like adjustable seats. There's a mirror in front of you. Behind the mirror are these elegant walls uh, made of marble, but they seem to be sparkling, like glitter was encased in the foundation. You look left, you, you see your friends, you look right, you see your other friends, all of you are here. You see a door closed, made of wood, the floor glistening as if it was just cleaned and waxed. Suddenly, a little door, like a doggy door, opens near the top of this closed door as several small winged creatures start fluttering through, surrounding each of you, two or three of them at a time, uh, speaking to you. Oh, dearie, you're so dirty. My goodness, you can't, you can't be here just like that. And they start washing your hair. They start cleaning the dirt from under your fingernails. They start sewing your ripped clothing. They, 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 they're cleaning your arms. My goodness, how long have you been in Neverland? This is how dirty you got? Oh, I say. These adventurers here, we gotta make sure they're well presented for the queen. As you realize that now uh, a group of pixies are cleaning you up, dressing you, uh, putting makeup on you as you get ready to be presented to Queen Mab in her court. They ask you individually, right then, we don't have much to work with. Uh, tell me, what's your style? How do you like to wear your former wear? Uh, the first one's talking to you, Dante. How could we dress you up? Well, um, I'm quite comfortable with what I have now. If you have something, I guess, similar to the the colors of whatever this place is, um, match, kind of be like a matching theme. I mean, I already have some nice threads, but if it could match kind of what you got going on here, I'd be more than happy. Also, something dry, that'd be great. Oh, yes, yes, of course. And the pixie kind of just like snaps his fingers and your like super deep unbuttoned V like buttons up, you know, your, uh, your, your like loose threads on your suit from trekking through the jungle, you know, tighten up and re-seam, uh, you know, the dirt maybe around your boots and your shoes polish and shine. Right, then I think that's a fantastic look for you. What do you think? great but the pants are still wet so i'll be really happy if you just uh dry those out real quick the pixie snaps another finger as like two pixies carrying like you know a hair dryer of normal size to a human come over plug it into the wall and just start drying your pants yeah much appreciated no problem uh the next pixie turning to you shifra my goodness you took quite Quite a tumble out there. Uh, can you see me? How many wings am I fluttering? How many is it fluttering? Uh, she's got two wings fluttering. Okay, two. I see two. I'm okay. Oh, goodness. Yes, thank, you need your you. wits yes. about you if you're going to be presented in front of the queen. Now, yes. tell me, uh, how would you like to be presented? A certain look, a color, a hairdo? Um... Hmm... Well, I would like it if my hair were cleaned and it could have the its curl restored to it. And um, perhaps you could dress me in the clothing of my people. 
Oh, yes, of course, I would be happy to do so. As she snaps her fingers, Shifra, all of that, you know, the twigs and leaves that, you know, got branched up in your clothing from smashing through the canopy, uh, you know, just disappear. Your hair cleans and curls, a little bit of shine and like pump to it. Uh, as your attire sort of changes its color, like a, a solid tone now um, of whatever color you like. Um, and everyone else, make a quick insight check. Nineteen. Ooh, nice. Fifteen. Dante. This is, is this my first natural twenty here? I feel like it is. I think so. I think you've only rolled under three up until this point. Hopper. How did everyone else do? Talith. A uh, fifteen. Fifteen. Nine. <laughs> No problem. Um, Dante and Helen, both of you notice as you're being clean and pampered and prepped for whatever is about to happen next, notice that um, Shifra's new clothes, it's hard to tell, but are sort of similar to the pixies that are, are dressing you. They're so small that you can't quite tell the details of their clothes, but it, it kind of looks like they're dressed similar. Um, but your, your attention is quickly like turned away as you know, you're know you being pampered and cleaned and all that kind of stuff. Um, Helen. A pixie now asks you, goodness gracious, such a strong woman here in our humble castle. Perhaps you can help us reach some things off the top shelf later? Oh, sure. Yes, I'd be delighted. Wonderful, but we need to get you ready for the queen. Tell me, how can we present you? Uh, Helen is going to reach, like, deep down in her shirt and yank out a very many-time-folded black-and-white photograph um, and show it to them. And it's a it's a photograph of her in sort of a maybe uncharacteristically glamorous 1920s dress with a, a petite blonde woman in a suit, um, a brawny mustache man also in a suit, and a sort of a, a live uh, looking man also in a suit. Uh, and she's going to show that to the pixies and say, can you do me something like this? Hmm, yes, that shouldn't be a problem. In fact, you should fit in quite well with the noble folk. Let it be done. Snaps his fingers, your tire changes to just that as you sort of, you know, adjust to the, the comfortability. I turn to Dante. What do you think, old pal? Looking sharp. I haven't seen you look this sharp in a while. Thank you. Right back at you. <laughs> uh, Talith, a pixie in front of you now asks a similar questions. Goodness, uh, how, how how can we make you look more presentable? I, I can tell no one's dressed you in quite some time. I uh, I dress myself every day actually, so I don't really know why you're saying that. But no, I'm I'm good. Just uh, can you can you go away? And I'm I'm looking around a little frantically. Did we come through the portal and immediately find ourselves like seated, like we walked through, and then boom, we were here with the the pixies? That okay. is correct. Yeah, it was. It's very jarring, almost jet laggy. That now all of a sudden you're sitting down. This fairy like buzzing in your face, and as you're looking around trying to get your bearings, this the the, the pixie is just buzzing in your face. Oh no, no! You you need to look more nice for the queen. Uh, she she demands elegance. Uh, please. Uh, how can we dress you? Maybe a college shirt, a, a belt around the waist? I don't, I don't need a belt. I've, I, why do people always ask me if I need a belt? I'm fine. Uh, can you, and, and I don't want to swat it. are going to fall down. They're, they've not fallen down yet, okay? Yet? Or, why are you okay with this? This is, uh, can you please, I, you, you look very nice, but could you just like, could you, uh, do, do I have to? 
Fine, at, at least let me clean you up a bit. <sighs> Fine. As she snaps her fingers, the dirt, grime, and grease that was covering you, uh, Talith is now washed and cleaned away. I liked that grease. <laughs> Had that grease for so long, came such a long way. Uh, and Genevieve, a pixie in front of you. Good day, madame. Uh, you have such a nice attire already, but allow me to freshen it up for you. Is there anything specific I can do for your appearance? Um, if you don't mind, my hair is incredibly knotted. That would be really great if you could take care of that. But of course, and with a quick snap of the pixie's fingers, your hair unknots and is styled however you would like it. Perfect. Just down, less knotted, is perfect. Wonderful. And y'all now hear the pixies like calling out, ready, 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 as they sort of just fly out of the room, flutter one by one out of the small door and the bigger door. And you're now all left in this like green room, uh, still in your chairs, looking at the mirrors, you see your reflection, your somewhat new appearances, and you're all alone. Does anyone want to say or do anything? I'm going to turn to Genevieve and Dante and say, I'm glad you two finally decided to come along. Yeah, well, we were just a little bit cautious about what's going on here. Um, we, everyone seemed to be, well, other than me and Genevieve, seemed to be very uh, rigorous about going through the portal and, and we just met this person, so we just wanted to make sure that we uh, keep an eye. All right, I'll leave you to the worrying. I do that pretty well. <laughs> you you all got here through a portal? Yeah, how did you get here? Well, the pixies brought me. They brought me, I, I fell from the sky, and before I could even come to, really, the pixies came and just whoop, and then here I was with all of you. Well, they can't be all bad. What? Why would they be bad? I don't know. It just seems that we, we're a, a split party on who to trust here. Oh, yeah. I think uh, the pixies seem helpful. I mean, I'm like giving Dante some shade. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the pixies done all right. I mean, I look. I look okay. Uh, it's not the best I've ever looked, but I guess they have an eye for something. Yeah, it's, uh, Dante doesn't use magic. It's just sheer style that he he uses to dress himself. Yes. <laughs> Where did uh, uh, oh man, Helen? Did you did you meet this queen when you were here before? When I was here before, no, no, I would have, I would have remembered that. She was very memorable, but uh, but she walked through the thing. We followed her. Now she's gone. Uh, do, did Kahana tell us anything about uh, who to trust or who was in charge? Like, it, uh, I don't know. All she right, looked very right, scary. Right. She had a big calm, sword. Calm down, calm down. Have you ever bowed before a foreign dignitary before? <laughs> yes. What's a dignitary? <laughs> All right. We'll start again. Have you ever been presented to an important person and had to bend over at the waist slightly to show respect? No, we usually like like put a put a hand over. But I can I can bend over the waist. I'm not a child, okay? Okay, you understand the concept though, yes? I, I get it. I follow. Yeah. Oh, all right, because because that's what's happening. Wait. He's important person. We're, we're, we're going to look nice. And we're gonna bow. We're gonna walk out there, and we're gonna go. 
Well, thank you for having us in your home, important person. <sighs> okay. You, I believe in you. Oh, I, I, I can bow. I believe in myself. I just, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't trust anyone here. This place is, there's something wrong here. Of course. And I, if we manage to uh, be polite, that's one less thing we have to worry about. Because uh, from my experience and seeing things throughout the world, um, you don't know how to present yourself to someone that's important. They may take offense and things can go real south real fast. And you all still have shadows. So, if That's Tall Magic Lady could give me back my shadow, I'll I'll bend over the waist of a million times. You know what? Never mind. <laughs> Scratch that. Talith, I will say to your point a bit, uh, from last session, Mab did say that she knows Kahanit uh, and that she was expecting you all to arrive to Neverland per Kahanit's sort of orders or, you know, plan. Um, so something to keep in mind that maybe gives you comfort. Or, or not, she could be lying, I say to my subconscious, remembering that. Um, of course. Okay, well, I, as long as as long as the pixies are done, because, like, I feel like they, like, waxed my eyebrows and did all this stuff, and I, I don't know, this isn't this isn't me. Can we... What it's do we do? It's not always too bad. It's fine. It, it, everything else will get... I'm sure we'll be back to adventure <laughs> in no time, and you can get all grimy and... How do you like to be all, you know? I don't like uh, to be messy. Just like when we're, you know, we're adventuring, we're we're heroes or something, and sometimes mess happens. That's all I'm saying. I'm just glad my my pants are dry. So. Oh, we all are. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and as the sort of you know banter, questionings, concerns go around the room, uh, the door opens once more to your sort of staging area, but this time like the whole door. Uh, standing in the doorway, dressed in like a royal talbert, you know, with like a, a poofy collar, you know, like white cloth. Um, this creature, this humanoid with kind of goat legs, um, kind of goat horns, but the rest of, of this creature, human in appearance, um, calls to you all. The queen is ready to be presented. Please follow me to the grand hall. I bow. And starts walking out of the room. Do, we, do you all want to follow? Yes. I follow. Yes, I'll follow. <laughs> Helen, do we keep bowing? What do we... Are we good? No, okay. Tell, tell, not just, now. Not now. All right. No, I'm good. All right. Okay. All right. I'm behind, behind we'll you. We'll all do it together. Okay. As you all step out of your staging room and follow this fellow well-dressed creature down a winding turning still like you know white marble sparkling walls hallway you see door after door after door after door you could easily get lost if you did not have a guide to follow one door might open to just a completely different world you might think Eventually, noise starts to pick up from the direction you are walking. Light chatter, um, the clinking of glasses, um, even like the occasional like ooh and ah. As you turn the winding corridor, you now see a extremely wide open chamber. Um, the ceiling uh, 250 feet up with two rows of balconies, you know, looking down into this grand chamber. 
uh, half a dozen pure crystal shining chandeliers round the center of the ceiling above. Beautiful, solid, white marble floor as if one cut of stone was placed here. You see the most diverse collection of magical creatures you have ever seen in your entire life gathered in this room. Creatures of all different appearances, shapes, sizes, um, are, are all well-dressed, formal champagne glasses, tables with white cloths they're standing at, and almost in sheer unison as all of you sort of fan out into this grand hall, all stop and turn and look at you all in just sheer silence. You sort of awkwardly look back as your guide sort of gestures you to join the group of people that are now clearly standing at the, at the base of this grand staircase. Do we see Queen Mab uh, anywhere yet, or is it just uh, kind of like a general audience at the moment? Sure, yeah, no, you don't see Mab in this assembly area. Um, make a make a history check, Dante. There it is. That makes more sense. <laughs> um, I have a oh well, I mean that's a that's a ten. Yeah, there you go. You you would definitely know that this is probably like Queen Mab's noble court. Um, you know, um, people that she regularly gathers to talk to, present to, what have you. These are high-class magical folk. Do I see anyone like in a red robe or similar to the to the the magician who uh, attacked Shifra or the Very star? Very good, Talith. Make a quick perception check for me. Yes, sir. Uh, cocked. Uh, 9, 13, uh, 15. Um, no, you don't see anyone dressed in red robes, um, you know, funky, trying to funky tattoos, a red wizard, no tattoos. Okay. Um, but what you, I would say, pick up from your role is that the color red is void from this chamber. No one is wearing it. It's not colored on any, you know, flags or pennants. Um, no, no red at all. So it's, I'm not also wearing it because when I asked them to change the color to what they had going on here, I'm assuming they took that away. Okay. That is correct. Yeah. Um, and in fact, there's a somewhat limited palette of color in this chamber. Of course, you know, most of the floor walls and ceilings are all this like this pristine kind of shining, you know, white, gray sort of color. Um, but everyone else in the room is either wearing black or white sort of like a formal event. I will. All of your clothes resemble that as well. I'll take the time to uh, talk to Talith and, hey, uh, Talith, um, yep. I know these things can kind of seem a lot and um, sometimes you have to stand extra still for a really long time with nothing to do. <sighs> yeah. Um, so here, I'll let you borrow this. Sometimes when you fidget with this, it makes you look classy, but honestly, it's just, it's something uh, to make yourself look formal, but be able to fidget around, I guess. And so I'm gonna hand Talith my cane so that at least he can kind of be like, not amused, I guess, but like there's something to do. Tactile. Yeah. I was so hoping I it was it like a bow tie fidget spinner and I was like real pumped. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, thanks. Dude, this is 
it's pretty cool, man. Like, uh, thank you. Um, no, this, this helps. And I'm just kind of tapping my foot nervously. Like definitely, I'm always a little, uh, uh, on edge, but definitely more kind of like borderline frantic right now for sure. sure. Um, Shifra, Genevieve, Helen, anything from you three as you guys are sort of transitioning to the general audience now? Um, I'm having a full, like, if we're walking down a staircase, which I'm I'm imagining we are, I'm having my full, like, coming down the banister moment. Helen is enjoying the shit out of this. Um, fully, fully into it. Finally, some class up in this joint. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I would be as well. And you said the Pixies let me choose my dress color, correct? Yes. Okay, so I I had chosen like a hot strawberry pink color. Um, so I would be walking in and when I see people turn to look at us, I would do like a an elegant wave. Um, but then noticing that everyone else is in black and white, I would wonder if maybe I had chosen correctly to blend in here. <laughs> In fact, as you stand there with your elegant wave and, and think that the color of your dress changes okay. to match the tone of the chamber. Okay. Genevieve would be following behind Shifra and Helen, letting them have their like grand entrance moments. <laughs> this is a bit a bit outside of her comfort zone. Sure. Um, however, she's gonna be just kind of watching. Um to see, I, I guess, not so much in anticipation of anything happening right away, but just trying to get the general feel for the people who are watching us. Mm. Wonderful. I will also, if I can, take the time to do check, like, if there's any magical source that seems to be taking away color, because I, I, I would probably request that there was at least some, I would know there's some sort of color on me, but if if it doesn't seem like there is and I don't see color on Shifra, can I just see if there's something going on here? Absolutely, make an arcana check. Okay, sheesh, I could get used to Everyone this. Everyone else, real quick, make a perception check as well for me. Uh, 24. 24, yeah, Dante. Um, your senses seem to be on high alert here, right? As, as some of the group are like enjoying this this grand event, um, you're kind of trying to figure out what's going on. Um, as you sort of try to tap into the magical energy of this grand audience chamber, your senses are almost flooded. Uh, you almost feel drowned in the amount of like refined, pure magic that just hits you right in the face as you like, you know, peer out into the energy of the room. Um, everything here is magic. I mean, every stone, every piece of cloth on every creature, every creature, the champagne they're drinking, each step of this huge staircase in front of you, it's almost as if magic are the building blocks of the very room you're standing in. Uh, it seems like, almost like Hogwarts, Everything is just powered and moving and flowing with magic. Um, I'm going to make a small message using minor illusion behind me uh, to where I think Genevieve is. And I'm going to like in text enough to where she can read, but keep it small enough. I'm going to uh, write uh, there um, at like beware. Everything here is literally magic. And that I'll take a time to cast that cantrip. Sure, no problem. And how'd everyone else do on their perception checks? 
Six. Sixteen. Eight. Four. No problem. Yeah, some of you a little caught up or distracted in the mix of the Grand Hall. Shifra, um, a little more comfortable in this situation. Um, you So as the group walked in, obviously the entire crowd, the entire gathering noticed you all. Um, except for maybe you, Shifra, they seem to pay less attention to you. Um, which gives you an opportunity as the group joins the crowd for you to sort of listen in on some of the side conversations that these fantastic creatures are having. You pick up phrases like, is that them? Oh, they're here. Has it finally happened then? I'll be anxious to hear what the queen has to say. Sort of the commotion is about you and your companions and about who you are and how you're here and why you're here and if it's time. Okay. As you all sort of find your places amongst the crowd, a voice echoes throughout the Grand Hall, not sourced by any one person, but heard by every single creature in the chamber. It echoes and says, It is my pleasure, my great honor, to introduce the Queen of Fairies, the Queen of the Realm, the queen we all serve, Queen Mab. And you hear cheering and, and clapping and whistling as from the top of this grand staircase, a small dot appears and the cheering doesn't stop as it gets closer and closer and closer as you see a familiar fairy creature now walking down and entering the grand chamber. Queen Mab, the queen of fairies who you met a, a mere moment ago at the top of a hill in Neverland, now stands presented in front of this grand audience chamber. Her long flowing black and white dress trails behind her halfway up the staircase. Her crown gold the only like color in the room shines over all of you. Her wings kind of tucked behind her back. She scans over the audience chamber. As she hits the last step on the staircase, color fills the room. This kind of deep orange color laces the floors. Uh, candles and torches flick on chandeliers extend down almost touching the ballroom floor you're all standing on as everyone claps and and looks at mab queen mab would you like to address the chamber first i do a little twirl because i love the attention but i forget about the train behind me and kind of trip and stumble <laughs> <laughs> and then get up and compose myself Hey y'all, um, a new moon shines on the island of Neverland at your coming. I'm so happy to have you all here. Hi, hi, hi. You look especially cute. <laughs> I Talith guess I is owe just bowing. Ten bucks <laughs> because they said y'all were going to be here to recover the fallen star. And here you are. And you're just so precious and I love all of your faces and I can't wait to meet all of you. And I can't wait for you to get this fallen star back together. But yeah, Kahana, you know, probably should have taken that bet. 
surprise, taking bets with diviners is usually, you know, not a good thing to do. Um, As Mab is addressing the group, um, you know, Tal, if you sort of look behind you and realize the entire general assembly has stepped back, leaving the, the, the five of you just standing there and everyone else is bowing. Oh, and I'm bowing too. Like, I'm like starstruck, like, you know, Beyonce just walked in the room. I'm just like, like repeatedly bowing awkwardly. <laughs> just, just one bow, just one good one. Yep. Okay, that just one yeah. good. Yeah. Um, Helen, Shifra, Genevieve, Dante, I assume you are, you are bowing as well. Yeah. <laughs> yes, flamboyantly. And also just like jaw on the floor, completely dumbfounded. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna go <clears throat> and look at Helen. So polite. <laughs> I love it. Love to see it. Welcome to Alfheim. I'm guessing uh, for most of you, it's your first time here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Are I getting nods? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm nodding nervously. <laughs> well, I can't wait to give you the grand tour. So this is a crossroads of sorts, and um. It's also, you know, my domain, which is, you know, just humble brag. Um, and every other realm can be accessed from here. So it's a little special like that. And we love guests and we love parties. And we're so happy to have you here today. And I think you and I can do great things together. And I'm, I'm now just- gripping Dante's arm. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> one of our own back in the realm and to get to know you. And I would just love to hear from each and every one of you. Who are you? What are you about? And if you could be a flavor, what flavor would you be? Uh, I'm going to pinch Helen's hand because it's like crushing my forearm. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, sorry. (laughs) Um... Uh, I would probably go with a a good um, a ginger beer is probably what I the flavor I would go with. And I'm I'm Dante McKnight, uh, an illusion wizard of sorts. And you hear the crowd behind you sort of like talk. Ooh, a, a wizard. Ooh, illusion. Illusion of sorts. Interesting. Yes, interesting. As there's a murmur as you introduce yourself, Dante. The crowd dies down and now looks for the next person to introduce themselves. Uh, question: Do we have our weapons, or I guess, do you I do. have yeah. my giant you're, hammer? You're fully equipped, just in Great. nicer clothes. <laughs> cool. Um, I'm gonna take the hammer off my back and go. Um, I, I'm Helen. And I, I um, hit things with this. Uh, uh, can you come back to me? Help <laughs> <laughs> you go. Uh, me? Uh, yes. <laughs> and I push him forward. <laughs> oh, I'm uh, I'm 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 Dallas Demerol, uh, Talith Demerol. Uh, I, uh, Your Majesty, and uh, Your Grace, uh, Your Grace. Um, oh gosh. Uh, I, I cannot. Am I allowed to look at her, Dante? Can I look at her? Yes, just just one title is fine. I can't stop. Uh, You're looking at me. You should be talking to her. Yep, please. Uh, I I uh, I fly. I fly in the air. My favorite taste is freedom. And uh, oh, that sounded way more. That sounded that sounded way more awkwardly politically patriotic than I wanted it to. My favorite uh, 
taste is joy, I think, is what I it really intended to say. <laughs> that's good, that's good. Uh, you're, you're, you're wow. Dante's mage hand just starts pushing Talith back into line. <laughs> Start bowing again. Well, I think that one's going to be hard to follow, but, um, and Genevieve will bow. Genevieve Sinclair, um, I guess if you wanted to give me a title, I'd, I'd be a diviner as well, and I really like vanilla. I will step forward and kind of, like, fluff out my dress as I curtsy bow, and I'll say, I am Shifra O'Grim. And I'll glance around and say, I am about the stars and music and laughter and fun. And if I were a flavor, I would be something fizzy that maybe it changes in your mouth as it goes. Ellen, did we did we figure out her? Um uh I'm going to go with sweat. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Dante, and I'm like, I, I. It's it's a drink back home. It's uh, it's called Pacari Sweat. It, that's what. It's a great drink. Don't don't worry oh, about it. What he said. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, Genevieve, Shifra, Dante, Talent, Ellen. It is my divine pleasure to welcome you to the first world ever created. I know. Yeah, that's this one, and. Um, from here, I oversee all the other realms and uh, serve as kind of the arbiter or the grand duchess or the god king uh, of the bridge between them. You know, uh, just <clears throat> no big deal. Uh, but I have another question for you. What is it that your heart most desires? One might say sweat. I know, again. big existential question. I, it's like, you know, when someone asks you, what I'll does it mean to be happy? And you're like, uh, uh, I guess I'll, I'll start. Um, my heart's desire is pretty simple. Um, just, I mean, I'm really living it right now to just having some really nice clothes, some nice threads, some great accessories. And uh, thank you for your pixies, and they were excellent work. They do good work. They do good work. One of them used to work for Chanel, Coco Chanel, personally. Oh. <laughs> I don't think I should answer this question right now, because uh, I might say something that would embarrass myself. <clears throat> Talith. <laughs> Once again, pushing him forward. <laughs> I, uh... Helen just blushing at the cheeks. Yeah, just a mess. You don't, you don't have to. You don't have to push. I don't want to go. It's not my turn. I don't want to go. It's just uh, go, please. Uh, and I'm just kind of fidgeting uh, with the cane that Dante gave me. Uh, uh, ma'am, Queen, uh, God, King, Lady. Uh, I, I just, I just want to go home. I kind of like great for the first time. I'm just kind of like still. I guess I just want knowledge. It's always what I've been searching for, and I every day find a bit more. And she. What, what does my heart desire? Um, 
think I want to dance among the stars where my family lives. Well, I can promise you this. If you recover the star, each of you can be granted that which you desire most. Including going back home. Which is probably, and dancing among the stars and infinite knowledge and all of the drip that you could handle, Dante. Thank you. (laughs) Um, so you, you, you did bring us here for a reason and, um, you really like us to get that stuff, but I, 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 I think Hanit, I don't know what we're supposed to do with it. I I, I know we're supposed to find it, but he gave no instruction. To my knowledge, he didn't give us any instruction saying that we need to give it to specifically Queen Mab. Is that correct? That's correct. Things were happening so fast back in London. We first learned of this Starfall initially. Really, the only bit of information you got from Kahanit after having the star in your possession is to get it to safety bring it to somewhere where it can be kept from the hands of evil. Okay. Um, I know that we need to find the star. Um, I just don't know. I'm hoping that once we get the star, there's some sort of clarity, but um, yeah, that's as far as I've made it. Well, I can tell you that if you bring the star here, I could protect it and keep it safe from hands that would wield it to do great damage to the realm. And I could use it for good. Uh, what kind of good? The kind that benefits all of us. Create beauty, art. Okay. Evil. E- e- evil. Uh, do you mean? Do you mean Mol- Moldar? Shifra was was his name. Was his name Moldar? Yes. Yes. Yeah, Mold- this is Moldar. Do, yeah. Do you mean Moldar? The 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 evil wizard. Do you mean? Do you mean them? I do. That guy sucks. He does. He does suck. Shifra <laughs> <laughs> cr- kicked the crap out of him too. <laughs> Yes, uh, Queen Mab, as you witnessed Shifra transform into uh, a constellation bird and stop this evil wizard from touching the star, uh, you you sent your pixies to recover her as she fell to the ground and brought her back to the Elfine. You've seen their bravery, their determination. So... I saw your deeds, and I think that's why I can... I feel safe in asking you all for help, especially since one of your party has proven to be a trustworthy and capable servant to me in the past. Um, uh, who, who, who are you referring to? Oh, yes, of course. And I mean, Kahanit wanted us to destroy it. Anyway, he was like, get the star and destroy it. And I talked, I talked them out of that because why on earth would we destroy a celestial body? So of course we would be honored to bring it back to you, our dear Queen Mav, I say. Well, I'm glad to hear you say that. Um, 
I, I think we... My question is, is this an offer, a deal, or is this an, an order that you are trying to have us um, do? Oh, I would never order you to do anything against your will. This is more of a an entreaty. Uh, there is there is a Draco Lich who attacked us in the past and along with great treasures stole from us the star's shell a very sacred relic in which the pieces of the star can be stored otherwise its power is so massive and so immense that one cannot carry any of the pieces safely. Um, and I see, because uh, Queen Map has been vague and um, I haven't, it's not, Dante has been around people who are at high prestige. And so I want to see if I can tell if they have ulterior motives, if there's something that they're trying to if they're putting a veil in front of the conversation, uh, of course, yeah, make an insight check, Dante. Oh, okay. Um, sixteen. No, I mean you. Obviously, you know Queen Mab is 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 in her realm. She's in her castle. Her subjects are, are here. Uh, everything she says, the people around her, you know, cheer and clap for. Um, but you're you're cautious. You're you like you said. You've been in these situations before. You've 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 spoken with people before that have these hidden agendas, these ulterior motives, and you do not sense that from Queen Mab. Although she's being somewhat generic, you sense um, you, you can sympathize with what she's saying, and and don't feel that she has anything evil or nefarious behind her plan. Um, she did mention Kahanit, that, that she knows him to some extent um, and knows that you were all coming to the island to recover the star. Um, but all in, I'd say you'd feel pretty comfortable with what she's saying. Um, all right. So we get this done. Well, we bring this back to you. And then what happens from there? You, you said that you want to... Okay. What do you all think? Yeah, everyone here has been a little bit quiet. So yeah, the, the sort of plan Queen Mab uh, presents to you is that this, this item, this relic uh, called the Star Shell um, has the ability to hold the pieces of the star and, and contain its magic. It, the, the star is so powerful that it could perhaps destroy you just from holding it in your hand. Um, the star shell was stolen from Queen Mab's castle by a Draco Lich long, long, long ago. The Draco Lich layered in the Elfheim had a vault of treasure where the star shell was kept and Queen Mab aims to recover it so that you may all use the star shell to recover the fallen pieces of the star. Queen Mab being the more than capable warrior she is, 
is happy to join you on this quest. Oh, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, I'm, I'll come with you all. I'm not going to, like, send you to your dooms or something. That would be really shady. <laughs> oh. So we're, we're just going to fight this thing for the shell, put the oh, star. I don't know if it's alive. I mean, oh. we go in there and it could be, like, it's turned into dust, like, decades ago. Is that, what, right. is that what Draco Liches do? They just turn to dust? I mean, that's easy. We should totally, we can do that. We can, I can do that. Don't worry, Imagine Queen. I, I don't know what a Draco Lich is. Hypothetically. Um, a giant undead dragon, right? DM? That's <laughs> hey, uh, um, oh. <laughs> why doesn't everybody make a quick uh, nature check? Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what Mab really knows about Draco liches. I can uh, nothing. Fifteen. <laughs> Twelve. Eleven. Twelve. <laughs> I think uh, from our collective roles, we can piece together um, evil dragons who near the end of their lives but don't want their rule and reign to end seek out cults of necromancer wizards to draw the dragon's soul into a stone, destroying the dragon's body, rotting its flesh off its bone, then rebuing the dragon's soul into its new skeletal undead form. Draco liches house their magic and necrotic power and strength from their former lives. If the stone of a Draco lich where it housed its soul is destroyed, its form crumbles to bone and dust, but it usually keeps its stone locked away somewhere safe, much like a phylactery of a normal lich. Uh, Draco liches are not only powerful, but, but hungry for magic, uh, which lines up with Mab's story of this Draco Lich attacking her castle centuries ago, stealing the star shell amongst other personal treasure. I explain yes. all of that to the party. Of course. <laughs> oh, that, that sounds lovely. Um, and as sort of Mab, you know, reveals the plan, talks about recovering the shell, the court gets excited. Um, excited to hear that uh, a relic from the castle might be recovered, excited to hear that the group is is looking to recover the star and perhaps bring it back to the castle. Um, and as the, the crowd gets excited, their clothes start to change colors. Reds, greens, blues, yellow, orange, almost like a you know, dance party, flashing colors as, as their, 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 their clothes just change in excitement. Do we do we go? I mean, do we go now? Do we do we rest? What time is it? Is it nighttime? Is are there windows here? No, I don't like windows. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I no, I I don't like windows either. Windows are super dumb. No uh, windows in the great hall. Um, as Mab encourages you all to meet her out in the exterior courtyard. Uh, where we will begin our quest to find this Draco Lich's lair and recover the shell star. 
not even changing the pants before before we go. I thought this was a formal event. I feel very not correctly dressed anymore. Um, That's your call, Mab. Yeah, no, I, I, I snapped to two pixies to uh, change um, or help Helen with her dress. Um, it turns into like a very like uh, like a, a fringe like on the top, but like a, a jumpsuit, like a like a one piece jumpsuit type. Of <laughs> oh! And, uh, at the same time, I snap to another couple of fairies to come and remove my train and uh, bring my dress up a couple inches, just a couple, to reveal like very awesome uh, shit stomping boots with like uh, steel cap toes on them. They also clamp your breastplate armor to you and bring your sword to your side. Um, the the pixies as well um, use their magic to imbue a full rest into the party, making sure you have all of your strength, abilities, and magic at your fingertips as you will need them to recover the star shell. Genevieve as... Um she's seeing this happen, is going to kind of lean over towards Helen and just go, women with swords. I understand. <laughs> um, I look at her suspiciously and I do not say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Mab, if you're ready, I think a farewell to the court, maybe a, a few words of encouragement to your new companions as we set off to recover the star shell. Now that I'm donned in my battle regalia, which is very extra with my with my flashing gold breastplate and my my oh also I have a I have a giant sword. It's huge. Hell yeah. Yeah. And it's shiny. And the hilt is like uh shaped like a heart where it where it meets the blade. And I uh kind of do like a general's battle speech as I as I come out in front of like kind of stepping in front of where the group is to like address the congregation as a whole. I walk back and forth with my giant sword on my shoulder, and I'm like, yes, having the star shells stolen from right underneath our noses was embarrassing, humiliating. We've never really recovered. But today, we correct that wrong. Today, we will be all we were meant to be. We will surpass that. For today, we shall restore not only glory, but justice and beauty to Alfheim. And that's why I'm your queen, and that's why you love me. Have a wonderful night. I'm going to give my team here a pep talk, and then we're going to have a wonderful Thank you all for coming. I love you, Sandra. Love the dress. Bethany, are those new shoes? Beautiful. Love what you've done there. Love what you've done with your hair, Gary. That's great. All right. Have you Same time next week? Yeah? All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. And I just turn around to the group and say, God, these things are so exhausting. These shindigs. I would much rather be cleaving skeletons in two. Uh-huh. <laughs> Are you Can I also get some some adventure gear, please? I don't I like this dress. I say hiking up like a giant petticoat, but it's not practical. Of course, of course. Thank you. Thanks. Don't worry, I've got your back. This is gonna be this is gonna be fun. It's gonna be surgical. It's gonna be precise. It's gonna be brutal and exciting and efficient because I believe in every single one of you. I do. I know we just met, but I feel like I've known you forever. True. My eyes just kind of <laughs> bore into each of them in turn. <laughs> <laughs> like a 
like a glossy eyed, like doll heist. Can I can I get my game back, please? It's kind of in a like I I reach out and hand it to you, but my hand is like in a death grip around it. And as you're trying to take, I just kind of lean over to Helen, and I'm just like, she's amazing. Why do you all keep saying this to me? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure I have no idea what you're talking about. And I move away from talent. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Helen, as you move away from Talith, uh, Queen Mab begins to leave the Grand Hall with all of you now following her. Uh, another set of winding halls leads to a small door that opens out to the exterior courtyard of Queen Mab's castle. There you see a sort of uh, like open area where sparring, um, um, you know, uh, people can gather, a training area, uh, multiple, you know, things can be done here. Uh, and a barn, uh, a stable just beyond that. Mab, you snap your hands as uh, pixies lead out the mounts. Each of you will be riding as you travel across the Elfine. These mounts are spectacular. They take the appearance of a seahorse, but the size of a traditional horse with butterfly wings coming off their backs. Uh, They're sort of like hovering in the air, gentle flutters of their massive butterfly-like wings. Each of them are a different color, orange, blue, red, yellow, green. The designs of their wings are intricate, beautiful, and detailed. Um, Mab walks up to her mount, which is considerably larger than the other seahorse butterflies. Uh, Her mount has armor, it has the regalia of Mab, and it has this huge, extended, uh, 12-foot-long lance mounted at its side, ready for Mab to hold onto. Mab, you mount your seahorse butterfly uh, as you instruct the group to mount theirs and follow you as you all fly across the Alphine. I, I asked them, like, who amongst you is the best rider? Uh, well, probably me. You should take Peppermint. He's feisty. Caramel is the sweetest. Jackknife, contrary to the name, is actually pretty tame. Uh, Pokey there's a little bit slow. <laughs> and um, Butterball is actually faster than average. I got Butterball. Uh, dibs. Dibs on Butterball. And I just like run over and jump on whichever one is Butterball. Butterball is cross-eyed, but very fast. (laughs) (laughs) And you would think, how can a seahorse be cross-eyed? It just is. (laughs) It's the fastest, but also runs a little bit sideways. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like going in opposite directions. So Talith jumps on and just takes off into the that way. (laughs) Into the that way. Excellent. Yeah, as each one of you uh, get on the the back, the saddled seahorse butterflies, as Queen Mab instructs, uh, Mab, with a a clear-cut boost of your mount's wings, what do you say as you take off to the skies of the Elfheim? When we return, we shall return with the star shell, my loyal subjects. 
boom, she takes to the skies. Each one of our adventurers, please make an animal handling check as you try to control your seahorse butterfly. <laughs> I, have, I have never rolled worse in my life. I you, think I'm Michael. You need to stop rolling actually. on D&D Beyond. Um, That's rough. Four. Four. 22. Uh, 19. Uh, 12. Nice. 18. It, everyone uh, manages to adjust pretty quickly, aside from Genevieve, um, sort of last to take off. Um, Genevieve, your, your your mount sort of, you know, swerves left, um, you know, gets a lot of altitude really quick, but you manage, you're a little sluggish behind the group, but you manage to get your footings, get your bearings, and, and eventually catch up. With Mab in the lead, all of you can now see the grand landscape of the land of fairies, and it is a unique one to say the least. Um, as you start to fly away from the castle, you look behind, and I'm gonna show off this thick art because all this art is so sick. You see Queen Mab's castle now in full view behind you. Magnificent, tall, sparkling, a beacon of light on a dark horizon rising on top of this mountainous hill that she has claimed as her kingdom. As you fly away from it and you, you're, you're, you're moving with the pact, you're, you're swaying left and right, you notice the castle somehow always stays in the same position on the horizon. And though it gets like smaller as you fly away from it, you never lose sight of the castle, almost like a North Star. You will always see Queen Mab's castle no matter where you are in her land. Your focus comes away from Mab's castle as you look down over the Elfheim itself. And it is unique, as I was saying. There are these pockets of color, uh, color palettes, if you will. You see a river, its water, its banks, its short tree line, uh, all in pastels. As the river winds and gets lost in like a denser forest grove, the pastels change to gradients of metallic colors. Mountains breach in the horizon behind you as each stone, each uh, dead shrub rising from it, um, take the uh, palette of chromatic colors. And each section of like terrain is blocked with a different color palette. Um, it's it's beautiful, it's, it's breathtaking, it's precise, it's a painting that Mab has created with her own hands. You fly further and further across the Elfheim to where you think the borders of this realm might be. These warm, uh, welcoming uh, uh, gradients of color start to diminish and, and lose their color. Now shades of like gray and white and black are taking over the topography. As you're flying, you see that a mountain pass is coming your way and there seems to only be a narrow passage to fly your mount through. You will all need to make another animal handling check to safely pass through this hazard area. 16. Nine. 
14. It's uh, somewhat smooth uh, as, you know, flying through this, like, focused route um, is a little harder. Mab, you look behind you and hear your your seahorse butterflies neighed as, you know, they get slammed up against the rock wall, bump into each other, uh, kind of stack that sort of thing um, as your new companions are, are, are struggling a bit here. Um, you want to call back anything? Maybe riding advice? Yeah, I would tell them, like, you want to lean with the horse. You've got to get nice and low and just push your bottom down as much as you can and create an aerodynamic stance and then just move with the horse side to side. Mm-hmm. All right. Butterball does a barrel roll. <laughs> uh with your rough rolls and Mab's advice, you eventually do make it through this narrow pass as you're now in a sort of new phase of the Elfheim, this sort of like feeling of, of dread, of, of like extreme old age of stillness sort of takes the landscape ahead. Um, a quick gust of cold air uh, tries to suck the fresh air out of you. Um, each of you make a constitution saving throw as this cold air shivers you down to the Okay. 21. That's the save. Eight. Eight is the fail. Mm. Five fails as well. 13. 13 saves. 30, 20. Dirty 20 saves all day. Those of you that save brush off this wave of cold air that, that blasts from this new horizon. Um, those of you that fail, however, uh, succumb to the cold, succumb to this uh, this dread, this this new presence of, of stillness. Uh, oh, just as a note, by the way, I can't, I can't be cold. <laughs> That's important. <laughs> just in general. Good to know. Um, those of you that fail will have disadvantage on your next saving throw from the effects of this blast of cold air that you're riding on. Mab calls out ahead, a landing site, uh, a pool, a small lake uh, filled with this kind of grayish green, uh, dark and blue water, still water. At its banks, a small grove of trees. She calls down to land there. Everyone, make an animal handling check to land your mounts safely. Dirty 20. Not too shabby. That's a 16. 16 saves. Genevieve, I'm sorry, what was that? 14. 14 saves as well. 14 for me too. Excellent. 15 for me. As you all can, can I like to... do like a flip off the front of mine as I land? Of course. Oh, cool! Then I just, I just, I just do that, and, and I, yeah, and I try to do it very casually, and just kind of like glance over at the queen, just like, oh yeah, no, let's, let's flip off seahorses. Butter, butterball flips behind. <laughs> yeah, like, like it's an anime, and like we freeze it as we land. Stick <laughs> the landing, and butterball is like upside down. <laughs> Love it. Uh, does anyone else want to do uh, a fancy landing? 
Uh, I'm gonna do the the Django scene, uh, but on this flying fairy horse. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Very good. <laughs> Uh, I want to jump off of it and do a superhero landing just with as much fucking boom as I possibly can. <laughs> Genevieve was not having good history with, with this so far, so she's just going to try to land. <laughs> yeah, take it <laughs> not easy. Not fall. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Mab lands first as each of you in your own unique ways land behind you. You dismount from your seahorse butterflies as they know to just gather in one area and wait uh, to be, um, you know, ridden again back home. Mab, you stand in front of the group. All of you see this sort of a rocky yet shallow cliff face with trees dotted along it. There's a narrow passage between this cliff face, uh, just large enough for each of you to pass in a single file line. Mab, you instruct the group that through this ridge is the entrance to the Draco Lich's lair. A Draco Lich by the name of Dragotha, an ancient creature. Its lair is full of evil, death, and decay. With any luck, the Draco Lich will not be inside. Before the group enters on a dungeon crawl experience i say we take a quick break come back in 10 15 minutes and we'll jump into it welcome back viewers thanks for sticking with us let's jump back into the session mab queen mab you stand in front of the entrance of the Draco Lich Dragatha. This Draco Lich eons ago attacked your castle, stole your treasures, and hoarded them for a long, long time. Maybe something you haven't stopped thinking about since it happened. You stand in front of the entrance to the lair, companions behind you who you have instilled confidence in now. New friends, alliances are being made. There is a magical barrier that separates the Elfheim and the dungeon. It shades and blinks multiple colors as a warning sign to anyone who tries to cross through it into the lair of Dragatha. Mab, only you have the power in all of the Elfheim to dispel this evil barrier. Give me the flavor. Show your prowess to these newbies of the Alfheim of what you can do. Yeah, um, you see me like draw my sword once more. And um, it's almost like for a moment, uh, the sunlight fades, like the stars kind of like start to dim. And so does the sun as the sword glows brighter and brighter. And then I just take it and thrust it through the portal, shattering it like glass. Bits of magical portal fall down in jagged chunks as it is destroyed. From it, a waft of stingy, rotting air 
flows from the small crevice of the rock into all of your senses. Mab, you stand strong and at attention, but your new companions, you can hear them cough or gag or, 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 or you know, sounds of disgust and dismay from this stale dungeon rotting air. Mab, you're first. Lead the way. Yeah doesn't smell very good. I don't think Dragatha eats fiber. And I just begin walking in. <coughs> do you, do you want do you want me to go do you want me to go first, my queen? I can I can lead if you want me to. <clears throat> uh, I give Talith a hearty pat on the back. <laughs> oh thank you. I would feel much safer, brave Talith, if you watched my back. Okay. As you all enter the dungeon one by one, you find yourselves in a room. A pool of swirling lava brightens the room alongside flickering torches embedded in iron sconces in the wall. There are four ways leading out of this room. One, the entrance you just walked through. Two on either side of you. To the left, a short hallway ending in a closed door. To the right, a short hallway ending in a closed door. In front of you, across the pool of swirling lava, you see two demonic idols, clean of wear and age, signaling that beyond lies evil. A stepped stone staircase leads up and away from the room, at the far side of the chamber you're in. Cold stone barely cushions the bottom of your feet. Silence overcomes your ears as evil sets in all around you. Which way do we want to go? We are looking for the shell star hidden somewhere in this Draco Lich's lair. I turn to Genevieve. You say, uh, did, you said you were a diviner, right? I am. I, if, if it's all right with you, I, I would need a few minutes, but I can try to get a feeling for where we should head. Yeah, sounds good to me. And I like sit down at the edge of the lava pool and like warm my hands above it. Sure. Even like, dip your hand and like swirl it around. Lava doesn't affect you that much at all. So. <laughs> uh, uh, put them in like little pockets and just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like hand warmers, you know? It's such a power uh, move. Genevieve, what's your approach as Mab is, is waiting on you? Um, Genevieve is going to uh, probably actually also go up next to, next to the lava and get out her bag, take out her crystal ball, and uh, set it down in front of her, kind of on that elevated step as she tries to get on eye level with it, and just focuses in intently. And as she's kind of muttering under her breath, um, she's going to use a ritual casting of augury. Excellent. Uh, is anyone else doing anything specific during the 10 minutes of the spell casting? Um... Maybe I'll help out Genevieve by doing Mage Hand to hold up the crystal ball so she doesn't have to, uh, like, 
get uncomfortable to do the reading. Sure. Shifra, Talith, Helen. I'm gonna get into a staring contest with one of these demonic idols. <laughs> Excellent. I hand Shifra a bag of marshmallows to roast over the lava and Talith as well. <laughs> I excitedly take up this task and start going through them as fast as I can. And I'm just like handing them over to Shifra as she does that. Um, and if she eventually runs out while the ritual's still going, I'll, I'll kind of start like looking around the room. I just want to give it a, a once over for uh, for traps. Sure, make an investigation try. So good at investigation. I investigate so hard. How oh, wow. Uh, 21, actually. Well, guess you do. <laughs> Surprise. Tell us, you don't find any mechanical traps in this chamber. This seems to be the sort of welcoming foyer type area um, and is encouraging people. It to, says live, to laugh, love on one of the walls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> Um, Genevieve, you cast Augury, and remind me of the details of that spell. So, essentially, um, after the ritual casting, um, I'd receive an omen from some sort of otherworldly entity about the result of a specific course of action we plan to take within the next 30 minutes. So, the thought that Genevieve is having is, if I am taking the path to my right with the intention of finding this item, will that result in good or bad? Sure. Um, you cast the spell, um, and it actually happens a little quicker um, as you cast it in ritual time, maybe at half speed, maybe five minutes. Um, you sort of identify that the Elfheim, this literal world made of magic, expedites spells like this um, so that they, they happen a little quicker. It's, it's encouraging for you. Um, you peer into these omens, trying to find the best course of action, the best path of egress. Um, you get a broader view, again, the magic sort of amplifying your spell of this dungeon. You feel that directly ahead of you, up that stepped staircase past the idols Helen is staring down is the way you're looking for, but it's blocked by something, something that you need in order to pass this blockage. As you question the areas to your right and left, you sense that the source to bypass that block lurks there. I'm sorry, did it specify what those directions, which direction would be successful? Um, both. Both, okay. You think both are needed. Oh, oh um, so, Kind of glancing over to where Helen's having the staring match. Um, yeah. I'm winning, by the way. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're facing the right direction, but I I think that we're going to be blocking blocked by something up there, and I think we need to explore both paths. I know that really doesn't help anything so far. It's pretty much what we came in knowing, but all right. And I I, I leave the imp and uh, go towards. Not the staircase, but the other way that she said we need to go. Sure. Do we like? I the... offer you a marshmallow as you walk by. I accept. We note the left path, kind of at the top of the screen. Uh, there, a short stone hallway ends in a closed 
wooden door. Uh, also, do you still have that uh, cardinal direction little yeah, thingy? Oh, I was trying not to say compass because that doesn't make sense. So cardinal, it's like it's not compass. <laughs> there we are. Voila. Towards the west. A door is closed. It's made of wood supported by iron bindings and fits seamlessly in the frame of the door. No light can get past it. Um, by first glance, it doesn't appear to be locked or obstructed in any way. Well, I, I think we should, I think we should open the door and I just uh, I head to the door. Uh, can I kick it open? Even though it's not locked? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you can, okay. You can do whatever you want at the door. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick open the door. I'm gonna attempt to kick open the door. Not checking if it's unlocked first. Give me your flavor. I feel like I was um, reaching for the door as you like walked yes. up. Yeah. Talith is reaching for the door handle, and I literally I just lift one leg and I just poof, try to kick the uh where the the door knob. I assume there's knob. Kick it in the knob and see if I can just slam that open. Turns out it answer, it opens inward. That's uh, good. You, you kick it so hard that it opens toward you. <laughs> you like bounce it out of the frame. <laughs> it, it's open, Every, everyone. If you would like to, I was, I was gonna, I was gonna open it. Like, why, why would you? Too slow. I told you. I, <laughs> fine. Uh, after you, Helen. No, after you, I insist, and I push him first in the door. <laughs> and I yeet him through the door. Uh, <laughs> and I guess I, I go into the room. Excellent. Um, you all can enter the room without um, hazard. Um, as you do, you sort of all fan out. In the center of the room, there is a table with a single bound book on top. Around you, you can clearly see the fixings of maybe a library, a storage room, uh, maybe a mix of the two. But what's curious to you all is that the several shelves and bookcases are void of contents. Every book every tome, every scroll has been pulled out of these wooden furniture cases. Its contents stacked and dumped on the floor along the room wall on the east side. Um, everything else seems to be in place where it should be other than these books. What do we think? I'm just gonna do a quick investigation of this, this, the 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 place because uh, just having one book kind of seem front and center, and then everything out of the shelves seems a little suspicious. So, make an investigation check, Dante. Would anyone else like to do anything specific? Yeah, I want to go look at the stacks of books and see if they're organized any particular way, like what the sure. subject matter is. Uh, make an investigation check yourself, please, Shifra. Can you Alice, roll for Dewey Decimal System? Helen? 
anything? Uh, I feel like I'm going to regret this because of the descriptions earlier, but she is just instinctually going to cast Detect Magic. Mm-hmm. I only rolled a five. So. Twelve for me. Did? Um, Talith, Helen, and Queen Mab, anything from you two at this time? I'm going to inspect the book, but I'm not going to open it. I'm just going to, like, kind of turn it over in my hands and see if there's, like, anything on the cover that's interesting. Sure. And Queen Mab, if it wasn't blaringly obvious, you are the miniature with the giant wings (laughs) and sword and all that goodness. Okay. Just wanted to be clear on that. (laughs) Um, Talith, anything from you? I mean, I just kind of see everyone walks in and they just kind of Fallujah-style this room go into their their different points of, like, checking stuff, and I'm just kind of, like, uh, trying to, you know, just like checking the dust on the table and just like nodding and like looking at things like very much like, I don't know what to do here. Sure. And, um, Helen? I'm going to stay by the door and just keep an eye out. Gotcha. Um, Dante, let's start with you. As you investigate, um, the room's sort of borders and furniture and everything, um, you could tell Dante that so the shelves that once held all these books and tomes and scrolled, um, you know, the shelves are like, you know, on an angle, um, slightly damaged, um, as if they were pulled off the pegs that were holding them, you know? Uh, the bookends themselves, the large cases are like angled incorrectly where they should be like centered and flush on the wall. It's clear to you that somebody was in a hurry as they pulled every book off the shelf maybe looking for a specific one. All those other books and tomes ended on the floor of the chamber where Shifra is standing. Shifra, your investigation check would tell you that there is no order, there is no organized pile. Um, even the, the contents, the themes of the books are, are quite generic and all over the place. It's a nice collection to have, but it's just, you know, a messy bedroom of a young child. You know what I mean? It's just in a heap, a pile, just covering them. Mab, as you flip the center-bound book on the table in your hand, it has a noticeably heavy weight to it. Heavier than a book like this should be. Um, Maybe not as heavy for you, but maybe for the normal adventurer, it might take two hands to pick up. But you would notice that weight, and that seems odd to you. Queen Mab, you would also know that there is a clasp on the book, keeping it closed. No lock, no combination. It's not magic in nature, just a simple, like, clicked clasp. Helen, door seems okay. Nothing coming from the outside. And Talith, room is as described. Um, Genevieve, I'm sorry, what were you doing? Uh, casting detect magic. Right, yes, detect magic. Um, everything in this room is void of magic, except for the tome that is in Queen Mab's hand. The detect magic would tell you that some sort of enchantment, conjuration type spell is cast not on the book, but in the book, as the pages of the, you know, in the binding are glowing with a magical aura. Well, um, that book looks awfully interesting. I guess you would also sense that Mab's sword, breastplate, crown, rings, boots are all magic too, so. 
And just me in general, let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> what do we think, team? Could I open it? And there's some uh, conjuration magic, I think, within it. You seem more than capable, though, should anything happen. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. She's just rubbing lava all over her face. Like, it's fine. Like, whatever. <laughs> good. It's a good exfoliation. Um, yeah. I'm going to just uh, undo the clasp and open it. Absolutely. You open it. Um, and it just kind of opens naturally to whatever page. On the page, you don't see written words, no illustrations, uh, nothing like that, no phrases but these like blotches of black ink, uh, almost like somebody spilled their, you know, inkwell over this page. You hold it in your hand, Mab, and these blotches of black ink start to drip down the page as if it was water or a liquid on top of the, the, the paper. The black uh, ink breaks from the page bindings and physically drips as like an ichor onto the table. Did you do anything? It's like, can keep it keeps dripping and accumulating on the table. Honestly, I want to see what it makes. Sure. Not wholly unexpected. Of course. Uh, anyone else has a reaction to this? I'll take a couple steps back real quick. Sure. <laughs> I'm going to take a couple steps forward and just kind of like stand next to the queen and be like, oh yeah, that's, oh, it's interesting. Yeah. What's it going to do? Oh. It'll turn into a giant ooze, or maybe take the form of a person? <laughs> As the black gunk accumulates on the table, you now notice that it's eating away at the wooden structure of the table. It eventually, the table breaks. Now, Mab, the book growing heavier and heavier as more goop and ooze falls off it. Mab, you notice that in one clump of ichor, a bronze key is inside the ooze. And as you maybe call it out or reach for it, the ooze that has already formed now in a quite large pile starts to move with aggression as a black pudding fully formed from the dripping gunk of the book lashes out at either Mab or Talith. Let's see. Coming okay. at Talith. <laughs> Bring it on. I'm a level four rogue, baby. <laughs> uh, Mab, you would notice that that bronze key is now part of this black pudding's form locked away in its corrosive uh, body. Um, the large ooze makes a slam attack against you, Talith, lashing out like a, a pudding tendril at you and hits you with an 18 on the die. Talith, you take five points of bludgeoning damage plus nine points of acid damage as your clothes and armor start to dissolve from the attack, giving you a minus one penalty to your armor class. Everybody roll initiative. But in like a sexy way, right? It's like, it's like dissolving off me and like 
just steam coming up. Right. You're it's not like awkwardly like the bottom of my pants or anything. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. Wet pants. Wet pants. Acid okay. wet pants. Not me this time. Anyone get a 20 or above? 25. Hey. And your girl took alert, so. Nice. You said you got a natural 20? Yes. Homebrew rules. Nat 20 gives you an extra action and a surprise round before initiative starts, so keep that in mind. Oh. Uh, 15 to 19. Me, I got a 16. 18. The wizards are, wow, look at the wizards. We just, we, we ready. <laughs> Wait for that smoke. Helen and Talif, how do we do? 14. What homebrew rule does a four give me? <laughs> End of the line. That's mm. what um, Excellent. Genevieve, so you react before, like, or just as Talith is getting smacked by the black pudding. Um, what would you do with your free action? Oh, um, so she would have just very instinctually went to the uh, leather pouch on her side to grab the crystal ball and extend her hand out that's not holding it. This, uh, it looks like this glowing ball of energy forms onto her finger and she's going to cast chromatic orb. Nice. Spell. Sweet. Yeah. Like be here if I, if I will hit. So that is still a 19. A 19, a clean cut hit. Amazing. So that is going to be 19 points. I was going to f- for cold damage. Cold damage. Next. Um, real quick, Genevieve, make a nature check. That is going to be a 14. Uh, you, as you're casting your spell, you would remember that black puddings such as this have immunities to cold. Of course they do. And acid and lightning. Good to know. So, um, yeah, I guess that, that permits each of that, that bonus round, though, for her. Uh, sorry, I, I'm giving you the opportunity to oh, switch really? up. The oh, thank you uh, so yeah. much. As you, as you would know, just in your history that. and experiences that these puddings have that immunity. Oh, fantastic. In which case, let's just go fire. Fire. Boom. Fire lights up the room, brightening everyone um, as the pudding is damaged. Excellent. Uh, um, And now we start initiative. Genevieve, your turn, then Dante. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, In which case, let's just go for a cantrip on this time. Um, And kind of following up her hand that she just cast, uh, the chromatic orb, she does this light tracing in front of her. Um, And and there's this sound of bells filling the air. Um, So I'll need to make a wisdom saving throw. Black puddings are known for their immense wisdom uh, as it rolls a dirty one on the die. So, okay, perfect. Uh, that is going to be, and since it's already taken damage, um, let's see here, it'll be a d12 instead. Excellent. So that is a 10 on the die plus, oh, no, I think it's just, so 10 points of necrotic damage. Excellent. Genevieve takes clear and decisive action against the pudding. Queen Mab, you might even be impressed uh, with the, the prowess Genevieve just set forth. Um, 
Anything else, Genevieve, on your turn? Um, she's gonna step back, maybe five feet. Sure. Dante, you're up, then Queen Mab. Oh. May I get a fifth, well, see what a 15 foot cone right in front of me looks like. Say less, my friend. I figure you had it. I was like, this, you got the, you got the minis, you got the, you got the little geometry the squares. Yeah, you got the. If you step up just a smidge, you can encompass the pudding entirely. And not hit people, because I figured I can kind of do that from the angle I'm at. Exactly, yeah, from, from that spot, only the pudding is affected by the spell. Okay, so I'm going to hold up, hold up, hold up. I mean, I got it here. I also have oh, it's for a whole god dang minute. This great spell. Okay. Anyways, bonus action. Anyway, okay. Let me just <laughs> let me just use my bonus action before I get too caught up. Um, so you're gonna see me grab my cane and my wand, and I'm gonna use them together to draw like a uh, alchemist circle uh, right in front of me. And I'm gonna take a big inhale and then try and blow through that alchemist circle. And you're just gonna see dragon's fire being cast um, through that. Um, it, let me see, do I roll a spell attack or do they have to make a saving throw? Sa Dexterity saving throw. Dexterity saving throw, uh, puddings known for their high dexterity score, roll a five on the die. Okay, so 3d6 fire damage. So Hot mama jama. Pull that real quick. Wow, okay. You know, more, you know, I could get used to this. You know, uh, so 15, 15 uh, fire damage. Are those black oak workshop dice you're rolling? No, these are ones that I won from. Uh, I was to say yes. Thing. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, always be yeah. plugging. Yeah. <laughs> I've been rolling the the D20s. Have been the black oak, so those have been great too. Um, yeah, so three D six uh, fire damage as bonus. Um, and then for my action, I don't know what does one do when you have it because you can't cast like two spells unless there's like um, a thing that does that. If you that, use right? your action to cast a spell, you can use your bonus action to cast a cantrip if you have a cantrip. Th this was my bonus action apparently. Dragon's Breath is a that's a bonus action. Then you can still use your action to cast a cantrip. Sheesh. Okay. Um, let do me. The, do you cast it and then it takes an action to breathe the fire? Uh, touch one will increase. Oh, I have to touch myself, apparently. Wow. Uh, choose acid, cold fire. I chose fire. Until the spell ends, the creature can use this action to exhale energy. So the bonus action type. to cast it, action to breathe it. Oh, okay. I see it now. Yep, yep, yep. So, yeah, I, I do both of those. Those are, that's all I do. And I'm concentrating on that, I think, because it stays for a while. So, yep. Excellent. Yeah, Dante, as you follow up Genevieve's assault with an exhale, of dragon's fire, you illuminate the room as uh, everyone's like shadows are cast from the high flames from your spell, other than Helen's <laughs> who's shadowless behind her as we're all reminded. Maybe she's a little sad that everyone's shadow is like haunting the chamber except for hers. So sad. Uh, Dante, anything else? Uh, no, I'm, I'm gonna back up a bit also. Um... Sure. I'm just gonna keep doing this back and forth. I'm done. That's my turn. Show us what you got. Okay, so I have so much I can do. So this is like, um, <laughs> I think after seeing the dragon's breath, did I see that that was especially effective or anything like that? 
the fire was more effective definitely than other damage types. Okay. So um, I'm going to cast Burning Hands at third level. Nice. Um, so it's, it'll be another 15 foot cone. It has to make a dexterity saving throw or it'll take 5d6 uh, fire damage. Black Pudding's known for their high dexterity scores. Uh, it rolls, come on, man. Like, you can try at least. It rolls a four on the die. <laughs> yeah, so let's see. I don't even have that many d6s. If only I had some of those dice. <laughs> <laughs> some of those black oak workshop dice. Everyone uh, needs their black oak workshop dice. That's, oh, wow, I rolled very, very well. So that's uh, 12, 5, 17. Oof. That's three dice, and then not as well. Uh, another five, so twenty-two. Twenty-two. Uh, give me the flavor map. What's it look like when you cast a spell? Yeah, normally the the spell description is that you put your fingers together. I like to think it's more of like a pew pew. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. And flames encompass the black pudding once more we see everyone's shadows again except for helen as they haunt the walls of the room Just twist that knife <laughs> <laughs> um anything else for you, man? yeah then i'm gonna um action surge and strike or try to like strike through it with my long sword excellent as you brandish your long sword it glistens and glows in celestial energy. And uh, I get three attacks per action, so yeah, I will be striking at it three times. <laughs> I got a smile on Andrew's face. One day, man, one day you'll have your three attacks. So I've got a uh, 27, a 22, and <laughs> a 13. <laughs> All of them hit. Whoa, okay. So that'll be, oh, it's a D8 and I rolled a D6. Let me see here. So the first attack is gonna strike for 13. The second for eight. And the last one for nine. Mab, describe to me how you vanquish the black pudding. Yeah, so after the, after the fire like kind of baked the outer crust of it, you just see me like, bring my longsword down and it like cracks in half and just like starts to crumble into into like a cooked pudding ash cooked pudding chunks that look not unlike brownies <laughs> <laughs> this is the kind of magic i'm into um mab as you vanquish the black pudding talith still sizzling from the acidic pudding burning his armor and clothing you see that brass key now laying independently in the center of the room genevieve your previous augury spell sort of still lingering would tell you that this is one of the items you needed to bypass that barrier who was it whose uh, shadow passed away or like left them it's Helen. Helen? So I'm going to take a chunk of the black pudding. And please let me know, DM, if this is do funky, weird uh, magic and create like a kind of mischievous fey using my summon fey spell. But as I smear like the, the charcoal across the ground, 
it creates a shadow that's detached to you, Helen, but does not follow your movements. It moves independent of you. Oh. Dances around like kind of in a mischievous way. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> well, uh, it, it doesn't feel the same, but I like it. it it's much more comforting. Uh, uh, thank you deeply. Uh, and I, I, I sort of point at the, the shadow. I'm like, I'm going to get you. <laughs> and the shadow's like, huh, huh. <laughs> um, Mab, as you instill this makeshift shadow uh, uh, to Helen's um, um, you know, being, uh, the spell's duration summon Faye lasts for one hour. Helen, you have this shadow for the next hour. Enjoy it while you can. Great. <laughs> um, I will say, though, it does have the stat block associated with the spell. Um, so it has abilities to attack, defend, th um, that sort of thing. It has a few magical abilities as well. Uh, so we'll be sure to keep those in mind, Helen, as you have a new shadow companion with you. Great. You look lonely. All right. Well, uh, that was a nice little warm up. <laughs> I'm just like holding daggers like. And then, like, my clothes are burning off. I'm just like, yeah. Uh, uh, that wasn't the lich. That wasn't the thing. No. No. Oh. Yeah, no, of course not. I, I, I knew <clears throat> I knew that. I just, like, brushed my acidic gunk off. Uh, you still have the penalty to your armor class, Talith. What? But we will have to address that at a later date. Um, with the key in hand, this room appears to have been um, uh, used up uh, for the party's purposes here as we make our way out of this chamber to the opposite side of the first entrance room. There, yet another closed wooden door uh, is in front of you. You would notice that this door, however, is a little more ornate. It has um, pillars on either side of the frame. Uh, there seems to be decorative carvings of necromatic um, runes carved into the wooden structure of the door. Um, I, before gonna... anyone talks, I look at Helen and I go, I'll open this one. And I like I, a key. head towards I the door. I can take direction. <laughs> Grab the key from her. Sure, uh, Talith, you have the key as you approach the door. You realize that there is no keyhole on this door. Nice. Is that a problem? Stick the key in my pocket and I push the door. Uh, as you push the door, please make a constitution statement. Mm -hmm. Disadvantage, right? Because of the thing that happened earlier. Wow. It's almost like you should have let me kick down the door. <laughs> Whatever. 14. 14 as this like green flash of light transfers from the necromatic runes carved on the door into your palm, Talith, as you go to push it open. Talith, you'll take eight points of necrotic damage from the rune of warding. Does the door open? The door does open. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, yes. okay. Uh, I, I, I don't even like flinch. I'm just like, 
It's open, Helen. And a little, like, blood trickles out of my nose, like, and like, runs down my face. I'm gonna, I'll just wipe that blood from under his nose and pat him on the head and say, Good job, champ. Yeah, no, it's, it's a door. I mean, who even cares? I assume you all enter the room, which has a much different appearance and feel to it. The center keystone feature of this chamber is in the center. There, a still active arcane circle inscribed on like a stone, slightly raised circle, houses a large purple crystal chained down to the arcane summoning circle. Bordering the circle are two tall candle sconces, bronze in material, still wax candles nestled on top. Bordering the walls of this chamber, in between the pillars that support it, are these collection of bone ornaments and statues, much like in a crypt or mausoleum, skulls, uh, rib bones, uh, um, large, you know, leg, arm bones are neatly and purposely organized into these like art installations in the walls of this chamber. Mab, you look towards that large purple crystal and you realize that inside of it is another bronze key. Mm. I, I look at the crystal and then with some guilt look back at Talith, who I'm assuming looks pretty rough, like worse for the wear right now. His armor is pretty still fucking burning. rough. <laughs> He's pale from the ward of ruining. The only thing that looks good on me are my eyebrows because the pixie is just pristine before we left the castle. Threaded and trimmed, ready to go. Solid. Can I just uh, take a moment here to use my inspiring leader feat? Yeah, if, you, if you've got the RP for it. Yeah, so um, looking around at all of them, I say, I'm going to try to crack that stone and get the key out. And I don't know what's going to happen when I do. But what I do know is that you all are 10 times more likely to die than me. So I just want to say, I'm very inspired by all of your bravery, your commitment, and what you bring to this team. Truly, even if you perish and your bones turn to ash and your skin peels off and melts, like, you know, opening this horrible thing, whatever it could be, I want you to know you've left a mark on me that will last through the aeons and your story will not be forgotten here today. And Mab, what benefits does the party get from your inspiring <laughs> leader? The creepy. <laughs> I was looking at Michael. I was looking at Dante. That <laughs> was Dante's face. <laughs> you hit 22 temporary hit points. Everybody. Yes, everyone. Wow. Yeah. That's what you get for teaming up with Mab. Good queen shit. I have more temporary hit points than I have normal hit points. <laughs> like I've got double tap HP. <laughs> Amazing. And then I'm going to try to pick up the purple stone and crush it in my fist. So it is chained down. Are you trying to rip it from the chains? Yes. Excellent. Uh, Mab, you grab the crystal with your hand. Um, 
as you do, it starts to glow. You pull up on it, the chains rattling. They're rather taut, but there's a little bit of slack. Queen Mab, make an athletics check for me. Oh, I'm good at this. Okay. You're good at everything. Spoilers. And I get enough. I rolled a three, so that's a 13. 13. Mab, you pull up on the crystal. The key inside glows purple as the crystal does. It's still bound in the chains, but now something else is happening in the chamber. Those fixtures, those ornamentations of bone and skull start rattling as different pieces of these installations start to move, connect and click. Skeletal creatures pop from the wall as they start chattering behind each and every one of you. Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's okay, you gave us a really inspiring speech, so I think it'll all be fine. <laughs> uh, everyone except Mab will need to make a strength saving throw oh as the skeletons oh. try to grapple you all. That's oh, all right. Fire. <laughs> um, Helen, how'd you do? I rolled a natural 20. Plus six, so 26. Go ahead and make an unarmed attack for me. Um, Talith, how did you do? Uh, natural 19, so 18. You save Shifra. 12. 12 fails. Genevieve? Ooh, a zero, because I rolled a natural one and I have a negative one. Ooh. Oh, no. <laughs> a dirty zero. <laughs> oh, no. Unfortunately, a fail. Uh, Dante, how did you do? Uh, same as Talith. Uh, okay, so you save. So Shifra and Genevieve, the skeletons managed to like grab onto you. Um, you know, around the waist, they like hug tight as they try to like force you to move towards the crystal that Mab is currently holding. Um, Helen, what was your attack? Uh, that's a 16 to hit. 16 to hit. The, the skeleton comes from behind you and you just like elbow check it from behind, roll damage. Or it might just be flat damage. Yeah, I'm actually not sure. Oh yeah, it's just flat damage. I think it's just five. Five? The skeleton, you add your strength mod too. Oh, nine. Nine. The skeleton crumbles to the ground in a pile of heap and bones. <laughs> ah. Um, obviously you see Shifra and Genevieve being grappled by these creatures. Uh, Talith, Dante, you are all free. Um, roll a quick initiative. 18. Uh, 20 and above. 15 to 19. I heard an 18 from Talith. Anyone else in that range? 10 to 14. Was that also sister roll? Yes, please. I was also an 18. I wasn't Excellent. sure if I was occupied with the crystal. Or not. Uh, Mab's going before Talith. Sorry, Talith. That's just... <laughs> That's just the way it works here, okay? Talith tips his fedora and says, "Milady." <laughs> five to nine. Uh, five. Oh, uh, seven. Seven as well. And seven, five. And Shifra, how did you do? I got a... 20. Alrighty. Shifra, you are first, restrained okay. by the skeleton. Uh, your movement speed is zero. 
Your attack rolls have disadvantage and attacks against you have advantage. If you want to break out, it will require an action or you're still free to use your other class options. Uh, what would you like to do? Okay. Mab, you're on deck. I would like to try to um, wild shape out of it. Ooh, nice. Could I do that? What creature are you turning into? I would like to turn into a celestial giant scorpion. Oh. Lucky Not to you. get cramped up in here. <laughs> <laughs> Give me like a clown uh, car. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, yes, yeah, so you do just that. Okay. Hooray. Uh, that does I break your alignment. Um, so whatever actions you have left on your turn as the Celestial Giant Scorpion are free to do. Okay, let's see. I think that is an action. So um, let's see. I will... I think that's all I can do right now. I will Excellent. just scuttle around. Yeah, I mean, that's all you need to do. Um, Mab, what do you got? Talith, you're on deck. I'm gonna use um, another. Oh, I actually just realized I didn't have to use an action surge last time because I'm a warcaster. Um, wait, never mind. Wait, no. Okay, wait, no, never mind. I have improved war magic, so I can use a weapon attack as a bonus action. But I am gonna action surge, so I can attack six times. Oh. And I'm gonna try to hit each of the skeletons once. Skeletons, and sure. I believe I can also teleport. You can. It's a lot easier. As a as a legendary <laughs> action, so yeah, you can just oh kind of like Bushido samurai, just like you just see. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad. I'm not letting anybody else play the game. Talos just oh, lays down good. and goes to I'm sleep. I'm here for it. <laughs> Queen eight, shit. Yeah. So sorry. Let's go one at, one at a time. What was the first one? Eighteen. Eighteen hits. Roll damage. lost my d8 here we go uh 11 bones splatter next one uh 25 hits a nine bones shrapnel explodes in the chamber okay uh 22 22 hits uh 12 bones ricochet off the stone wall Hell yeah. Next one? Uh, 21. Hits. And that's uh, 11. Bones fall to the ground, rattling against each other. Uh, a 20. 20 hits. And uh, 8. 8. Uh, Talith, you feel bones hit the back of you as a skeleton falls. There's two more, and I think you only have one more attack. Yeah, um, I got 27. Hits. A plus 10 to hit is crazy. And then that's nine. Nine, dead. That's awesome. You're, you're, exactly, you're exactly the character you talked about during the break, that person. <laughs> <laughs> the only skeleton remaining is the one in front of uh, Scorpion Shifra. 
Um, anything else, Mab? No, that's it. <laughs> Talith, you're up, then the single skeleton. <laughs> Talith already coordinated and so in sync with Mab, knowing that she's going to take out, was it six skeletons? Focuses on the one that's his responsibility, the one. And he, uh, I'm going to run up to it with my rapier and uh, just jab right up through the little skeletal jaw with a 16, uh, 20, 22 to hit. 22 hits. Uh, you can go advantage since you'd be flanking with uh, Shifra. Oh, would you flanking in this game? Yeah, no, uh, we'll take that 20, whatever it was. Excellent. And Roll I do get sneak attack, right? Because of... Uh, Correct. Because the advantage. Oh, so exciting. Sneaky snacks. Sneaky snacks. All right. And I do eight. Uh, 14 points of damage. 14 points of damage as bones shatter and bounce off of Shifra's uh, uh, scorpion shell and down around her feet. And I just like turn back to Queen Mab and I, I nod like Good we did up. this. <laughs> one with my elbow <laughs> <laughs> it's true she did <laughs> the chamber now void of the undead um and adding a giant ass scorpion we still have made, the, of, made of stars it made is of made stars. of stars oh. uh we still have the key locked in the stone um Genevieve, I imagine your um, um, detect magic still active would tell you that the stone is the only thing left of value in the room here in terms of being attacked by more skeletons. Oh. Um, I actually, I speak celestial, so I'm going to talk to Shifra and, um, like, uh, say, a, wait, I, why did I think it was crab claws? I think we were talking about crabs earlier. Because I was like, oh, you could use your crab claws. <laughs> I mean, it looks like it has crab claws, doesn't it? Claws. Oh, yeah. Look at these things. Okay. Okay, so they can pinch, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't know what scorpion claws look like. Oh, no, those look gnarly. <laughs> yeah, so, it does say I can claw as a weapon attack. So, yeah. I'm going to try to help maneuver the purple stone into Shifra's claw and say in Celestial, like, give it all you've got. Okay. She rolled straight damage on the attack as uh, Queen Mab positions it so. Okay, so just the damage die? Yes, please. Okay. A 10. It crushes under the weight of your grip. Bits of crystal shard splinter from your clawed maw as a brass key drops to the ground amidst the crystalled rubble. I do a little dance with my scorpion claws. <laughs> Mimicking the crabs that were dancing on the beach back in Neverland. Yes, exactly. Very good. Uh, we now have both keys in our possession. Genevieve, your clairvoyance tells you that we have what we need to cross that barrier. Well, that was definitely expedited. Um, but I think it's all we need. Wait, I'm going to pick up a fistful of the crushed gem dust and spray it over Shifra so she looks extra fabulous in celestial form 
and then start leading the way back to the main hall. Excellent. Uh, is everyone following Mab in tow? Mm-hmm. Yes. But seeing that I, um, in my panic and enthusiasm that I may have overdressed for this occasion and that I might not fit through the door, I will <laughs> take the starry form of an archer. That's a, that's a pretty cool thing you got going there, Shifra. I mean, I think so. <laughs> Find ourselves now standing by a door. This door is clearly some sort of vault-type door. Locked with intricate mechanicals, uh, mechanisms, mechanicals, come on, Joe. Um, it appears to have two keyholes. Who wants to do the honors? Talith, you want to you want to open the door? I don't know why you fucking kick it. I mean, who cares? Like, whatever, it's fine. Come on, don't be like that. No, kick, 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 kick the door. I no, I, I don't take. I don't take. I don't take the key. No, I don't want the key. Like, open the door. Nobody cares. It's whatever. Like, it's a door. Big deal. Talith, take the key. I want the key. Talith, take the key. Oh, I take the key and I stick it in the door. Like, I take the other key and I stick it in the door. Oh, but you were gonna do the. <sighs> uh, we're using the key. This is very clearly a door that needs keys. We're gonna turn on three. Okay, one, two, three. Turn, turn the key. Okay. You hear the unified click as the door opens. Boom! 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 boom. And we have, okay. A large chamber. Beyond the staircase descending down, you see these two magnificent jade columns supporting behind it, a colossal skull of a dragon. Oops. All right, Mab. <laughs> As you all enter one, one by one, Mab leading the way, torches on each corner of the room spark with light, illuminating the contents of this chamber. The colossal skull of a dragon rests on a magnificent carefully crafted stone pedestal. Few steps walk up so that one could stand within uh, a distance to, to, to touch it, to lay your hand on it. There seems to be a slight gap in the closed maw of this dragon's skull. Something glistens from inside. What would we like to do? Do we all notice the thing glistening inside? Definitely. And since Genevieve initially cast Detect Magic and has maintained concentration, has it been 30 minutes or longer? No, I think Mab has expedited the time frame of this uh, this dungeon crawl. So I would say you're still within the, the 30 minutes of that spell. And you can see amongst the, tr- like, you know, 
treasure embedded in the skull of this dragon is one item that shines with magic. It is the star shell. And from what you can tell from this distance and what you can sense, Genevieve, is that the, the star shell is a case of sorts. Um, it, it opens and closes and is, is made of some sort of metal. And it takes the shape of a rather enlarged walnut. Does that look like your shell, Queen? Well, I think it looks like your shell, since you're the adventurers tasked with putting the star back together. I think we made it. That thing's not gonna, like, come to life and try to eat us, right? I mean, I hope not. (laughs) (laughs) I am Okay. (laughs) to Mage Hand. uh, It looks kind of bad. Uh, I'm going to try Mage Hand and see if I can uh, pry the shell out of there without us having to kind of like stick our hand in some sort of dragon maw. Yeah. <laughs> Dante, you sort of take point out on this overlook here uh, as you summon your Mage Hand. You beckon it to approach the skull of the dragon. Hang on, let me move this pillar so you can see the mage hand. As it reaches out, it almost acts reluctant at your command to touch this dragon skull. No. Uh, but no. it follows your order. And as it does, touches the bare bone, it poofs and is dispelled. I don't like that. That's, um, of course, of course, it's not going to be that easy. Okay. Um, anyone else? Any ideas? Well, it just, it just means you got, you got to be brave, right? You got to be brave, right? Right, Queen Mab? You got to be brave. You got to be a brave warrior. And I like jump down. I'm like, so I'm, I'm, I can get it. I can go get it. I can grab it. Uh, Please don't stick your arm in that. I'll, uh, try to wedge the mouth open with my sword and you can reach in and grab it. And that way, if anything happens, I'm there to help you. We're, we're, we're a team. We're, we're like a team. team. We're a duo. Okay, we're a team. let's go down together. We're a team. She said we're a team. <laughs> yeah, she also uh, said that we might die earlier and that she was really sorry about that. That won't happen. It's fine. Okay. Just like, uh, yeah, yeah, we're a team. Let's go. Talith, you and Mab make your way towards the dragon skull. Um, anyone else doing anything specific? I will be just uh, sitting with my legs dangling over that ledge. Just just going to watch this. <laughs> Little legs kicking. Yep. <laughs> I will uh, ready my, my archer's bow just in case. Uh, Genevieve and Helen. Um, Genevieve will also stay kind of same area as Dante, a bit further back watching it. Oh, in fact, though, while they're doing this, because I haven't had the time to, and Dante has been meaning to, um, what do you, what do you think, Genevieve? I mean, this has happened so fast. We kind of talked before we dealt with any of this. Um, well, uh, the queen is definitely 
obviously the queen. She wasn't lying about that. I, against my better judgment, have been impressed, but I'm, I'm still concerned. Right. When, when things like good of all are said, it, I haven't had the best experiences with that. But so far, I feel like she's definitely helped. Okay, we, we're, we're on the same wavelength. Good to know. Good to know. Um, so before uh, Talith goes, in the, the moment we had a couple moments ago where I'm like, she almost let us die, I'm going to put my hand on his shoulder. And announced to me, Emily, but unbeknownst to Helen, I'm going to cast heroism on him. Oh. Which means that you are imbued now with, with bravery. Um, you are immune to being frightened, and you gain temporary hit points, which will be three at the start of each of your turns. Dumb pedantic DM rule. When those hit, do they override the temp HP I already had? Uh, normally, they would, yes. Once you oh, uh, gain new temporary hit points, they replace your existing. But since the power of Queen Mab is there so is. much stronger yeah. than, than Helen's power, it, it doesn't even compare to... to <laughs> cool. Wow. <laughs> Nothing against Helen's heroism, but you know it what is, I'm saying. Now you can't be scared, okay? Great. Now you're not going to shoot your pants. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> you just, you hand me an adult diaper, and that's just like what you give me. <laughs> yeah, that's... And of even Dante, you see um, this like flash of, of light come from Helen as her hand touches Talith's soldier. Magic transfers from Helen to Talith. Helen doesn't even notice it happen, but you two see magic cast as a spell from Helen. That is brand new. Uh, do you that? see? Yeah, uh, she's never done that since I've... All right, well, uh, me and me and the queen, we're gonna go get the get the stuff now. So we're a team. We're gonna go do it, suckers. All right, let's go. I feel, I, I feel like Queen Matt was just like when the charisms crashed. It's like that's so nice of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, as Mab and Talith make their way to the Dragon Skull, Dante, Genevieve, um, Helen, and Shifra, you're all still kind of up on that raised platform. Um. Genevieve and Dante, would you say anything to Helen about the magic? Not now. Yes, no? We'll hold, yeah. Okay, excellent. Queen Mab, Talith, you now stand in front of this colossal dragon skull. It's sort of coming out of the wall. Um, imagine, you know, a, a mounted animal head in, in a trophy room. Um, it's unclear if more of this dragon might be behind the wall. Um, but who knows? When I was a kid, I always thought the rest of the animal was behind the wall, so that's just a thing I carry with me. Um, the dragon head is ginormous. Even Mab, it sort of puts you in your place, maybe. No one else would know that. What's our plan? I put my sword in any gap I can find between the teeth and then sit on it, sit on the other end to try to create some leverage to prop it open enough so that Talith can get in there. Sure. Yeah, you do with ease, actually. 
Um, the Dragon Maw is slightly open, but you managed to wedge it open enough for Talith to maybe even get like the front of his body in. Yeah, like I, I can't quite reach my arm in, but I'm like, I'm like, I, I got this, and I just kind of like start kind of like wriggling, and so like my legs are kind of hanging out, and I'm like wiggling my hips to to get a little bit closer. Talith, you see an impressive horde of gold coins lining the outer inner jaw of this dragon skeleton's head enough to make any creature rich in any world they might reside in but in the center of these bedded gold coins where the tongue of the dragon would have been is this large walnut cased shell you can tell it's made of some metal, maybe painted or shaped shadow to look like a walnut. There's a hinge and a hatch that allows it to open and, and stay locked. That is the device we're looking for. That is the star shell within your reach. Well, uh, Talith doesn't care about riches. He only, his favorite uh, smell is freedom. So he doesn't care about that. Uh, he just he just wriggles his way past it. Uh, does it feel like that walnut is within reach? Definitely. Um, I got it. I got it, Queen. Uh, let me uh, hold on just a little bit, a little bit further. I got all right, and I kind of I grab it. I put my hand on it. Don't get yeah. stuck. You manage what? to grab the star shell. As you palm it in your hand, you hear something. Coming from the back of the throat of the dragon skull, a whirling, a rush of necrotic energy as the skull breathes necrotic dragon breath one last time. Whoosh. Oh, everyone's going down. Um, back here. Mab, Talith, Shifra, and Dante. Mm hmm, mm hmm, mm hmm. All of you, please make dexterity saving throws from the acid breath. I'm not a cool mm. rogue yet, am I? 18. Four. 18 succeeds, four fails. Nine. Three fails, nine fails. Those of you that fail take 35 points can i acid. i it might be too late but is it too late to use inspiration or lucky to re-roll that never too late uh can i use inspiration to re-roll that yeah i'm fine with that cool and also gm since 19 uh, that saves genevieve go ahead with genevieve being immediately next to dante um if it's okay with you i'd like to use one of my divination portent dice to replace his role like as though i'm trying to grab him and pull him back to grant him a 17. excellent okay, that okay, allows okay, okay, okay. A save let me see uh queen mad you take half damage from the blast with your success okay so i assume i'm half seas as well then Correct. Okay. Yeah, those of you that save take half. Everyone doing okay? I mean, I know the answer to that, but uh, half so sixteen. Correct. You. Uh, I'm just gonna do the Idris Elba, just like. back <laughs> 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 up. The hot ones. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Talith, the star shell is now in your hand. The walnut-sized case is like the size of a, a watermelon. 
Um, if you open it inside, you see a, like a frame that can hold a star fallen from the sky. Each pieces can nest inside the shell of this walnut. It seems to be cased with iron, uh, a metal that might be the source of its ability to dampen the, the magic from the star. What do you do with it? I, uh, uh, I, I just kind of like hold it. I'm like, oh shoot, I did not think about this part. Uh, I was just trying to achieve this. And so I just kind of like look back and I like hold it out to Mab like. Uh, Unfortunately, if, uh, friends, this is your burden to bear. Yeah, no, I knew that. <laughs> and I say out loud, this is my burden to bear. And, uh, and I just kind of like try and wriggle my way backwards with it. Um, Talif, make a quick insight check. Insight. Mm, the five. Okay, never mind. That's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't worry about it. Not, not a big deal. <laughs> Whatever. Talith, as you sort of make your way to the center of the room, you hold the star shell so all can see. Um, Shifra, it's a little unwavering to you. Uh, you know, imagine like a sharp glare from, you know, a reflection, you know, like while you're driving or something. It's something that you, you don't even like necessarily want to focus on um, as it seems uncomfortable for you. Um, but the rest of the group, whatever impressions you might have, we now have the device needed to collect the fallen star. Our quest can finally begin. Mab, any words of encouragement to the party? I'm going to, now that it's done breathing its hot ass death breath, I'm going <laughs> to uh, go inside, like reach inside the, the dragon's thing really quickly. Yeah. I'm going to hand Shifra uh, a star and be like a down payment on returning you to the stars. I'm going to hand uh, Helen a chalice and say, since you are so giving, you know, get it, chalice, it's full. Just like your heart is full. And I hand her a chalice. And to Genevieve, I handle, I hand like a, a um, beautiful, like a, like a, almost something that looks like a, a looking glass, like a, like a tray and say like, you know, uh, new ways to divine. Um, and then uh, to, to Dante, I reach inside and pull out the most uh, magnificent, like uh, maybe adorned with peacock feathers brooch and say uh, to those who covet things that are beautiful. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> to Talith, I give a locket in the shape of a heart and uh, say uh, to, to those that um, maybe have a little bit of a crush. Uh, I, uh, this is, I, I, what? <laughs> <laughs> Take my gift and my blessing, and surely you will be successful in everything you set your minds to. Mab, with your words of encouragement, you then hold up your hand. As you do, a portal is summoned, humming into the chamber. From it, the group can see a tall, 
clean-cut grassy hill with flowers on it and music playing. A night sky above as the cool air of the island of Neverland flows through the portal. Mav has opened a way back to Neverland so that we may begin to recover the star. Mab, any more words of encouragement after these gifts as they step in front of the portal now? Be safe, eat, stretch, drink water, and don't forget to wear a hat if you go out in the sun. Any farewells to Queen Mab? Talith puts a hat on. <laughs> Did you just have that? Shut up! It just kind of like it's on his character sheet. I see it. <laughs> Fancy cap. <laughs> Anyone else? Uh, I will. Gonna... In uh, in celestial, I will look at her and I'll hold up the star that she gave me and say thank you for this, and I'll put it kind of like in an extra special place in my bag, and then go through the portal. Genevieve, uh, Dante. Go ahead, Genevieve. Genevieve will do kind of this, as she introduced earlier in the evening, just do like the slight bow, say thank you, and then just turn to go towards keeping an eye out if everyone else is still following. Yes. Uh, Dante's just like, see you later. (laughs) (laughs) You all step through the portal, Mab bidding farewell. As you do, you are transported back to the hilltop where you first met Queen Mab. The night sky still overhead, Shifra, you realize as you look up, you see trails of stardust still glittering in the night sky. Um, The rumblings of the star impacted still shaking the island. You look at the moon in the star's position, Shifra, you realized time has barely shifted. Maybe, maybe, a minute has passed since you originally left this hilltop. You begin to think, was the Elfheim even real? But you're confirmed that it was, as Talith, you have the star shell. All of you have your treasure gifts from Mab. The star fragments are now on the island. You all have what you need to complete your quest sent out by Kahanet. A new ally in the form of Queen Mab and a new encouragement in the form of each other. Next session, we will begin searching and exploring the island of Neverland to recover five fallen star fragments before the hands of evil red wizards can get there first. Thank you all for watching our episode tonight. Thank you, Jasmine, for participating and doing a kick-ass job as Queen Mab. Um, Jasmine, please tell us where everyone can find you. If you have anything upcoming, we can follow you and watch. Give us give us the shtick. Yeah, of course. Hi, hello. I'm that bronze girl on the internet, uh, or, or Jasmine, and um, I'm a full-time content creator. I DM a game on Tuesday nights at 6 p.m. Uh, called Shikar. And uh, I also play GTA RP on the weekends, but right now during the week, I'm working through Resident Evil Village and I'm almost done. So yeah, you can follow me on Twitter and on Twitch to know when I go live and when I'm up to. 
Excellent. Thank you again for playing with us tonight. That was fun. Hopefully I didn't like ruin your game. <laughs> no, you nailed it. It was, it was great. It was awesome. You did everything you needed to do. It was great. Uh, Andrew, anything from you? Uh, no. I don't got I, don't, I have nothing. All good. Thank you again, everyone, for watching. Episode four is concluded. We'll be back two weeks from now with episode five back on the island of Neverland. And don't forget, if you feel lost, look for the second star on the right and follow it straight on till morning. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>